voice of Harper's Ford, WKHF 104.9. Dave Dolan on the air. We are still here. On Tuesday morning, we received a frantic, almost hysterical message from Mrs. McDonough at the high school. Taryn and her squad, Eddie and I, went there immediately to find out what was going on. After we got Helen calmed down, she told us that the school had been taken over in the early morning hours by 15 armed men in masks. We haven't kept guards at the school because it overlaps into the area controlled by the home guard. The men took the place easily and herded everyone into the gym. As it turns out, they were only interested in one of the kids, Kevin Sharp. Eddie knows the kid. Kevin is one of Eddie's teenage geeky computer friends. His dad, Glenn, was in Tacoma for a technology expo when the barrier went up. Taryn sent out her squad to see if we could pick up a trail. They found the trail and we headed out following them. Not long after, we got a message that the Haven techs at the nuke site had been overrun. Several techs had been killed and the main building had been taken. It became obvious the same group that had grabbed the kid had done this. We were the closest, so we hurried there. When we arrived, they were demanding to speak to someone in authority. Taryn offered to speak as an officer in the Haven military. The man who came out was not wearing a mask and introduced himself as Foundation Agent Driscoll. I know just about everyone in the Harpers Ford area and I've never seen this guy before. He demanded that we vacate the facility immediately. He wouldn't answer any questions about this foundation. When it became apparent we weren't going anywhere, he invoked something he called Security Protocol 866. To shorten the tirade, it pretty much gives him the right to do just about anything he wants in order to establish order. When Taryn asked him about the boy, he had him brought out. Kevin looked like someone had done a boot dance on his face, and he saw cigarette burns on his hands and arms. Driscoll then told us to be gone in 15 minutes, or he would kill the boy. In all my dealings with Haven and the Chosen, I've never seen a Havener get angry. I've come to know Taryn as a really sweetheart with a deep and abiding respect for life of any kind. But as we return to cover, her face took on a kind of terrible beauty. She told her squad to open fire on the building in eight minutes. She then took off her body armor, took a sidearm and a long blade from her gear, and disappeared into the shadows. Four minutes after the suppressing fire began, two men came running out of the front door of the building. I don't pretend to understand what happens when the Chosen go into that stuttered image acceleration thing they do and I certainly don't have words to describe what happened to those men. Their blood was spattered on the ground and everything around them before they got three steps outside the door. I put my arms around Taryn as she collapsed and began to sob. Taryn can kick ass with the best of them, but she still believes in the sanctity of all life. We found what was left of 12 men inside that building. There was no sign of Driscoll, and we haven't found a trail leading away from there. Young Kevin was unconscious, but alive. We're hoping to find out why Driscoll snagged him, for what purpose, when he comes around. I recognized a few of the men, and their uniforms and gear were home guard. Haven has sent troops to protect the facility. I don't know about this foundation, but the last people we want with a nuke would be Stetler and the guard. I don't like the smell of this, and I'm really looking forward to a long conversation with Kevin. We'll continue to broadcast on this frequency every Thursday night at 10 p.m. as long as we can. This is the voice of Harper's Ford, signing off.